What is it like to age well in the Garden State, where nearly a quarter of residents are over 60 years old? Are you one of them? Join New Jersey Advocates for Aging Well to discuss the ups and downs of aging in New Jersey. In this podcast series, we tap into our network of leading experts to provide a fresh look into the key issues affecting the state's older population and their families, including finances, housing, health, and security. Each half-hour episode details professional insight into how you can maximize the joy, minimize the challenges, and capitalize on the opportunities that aging in the Garden State offers. New Jersey has a vast array of theater, visual art, dance, music, museums, and heritage sites, but COVID has had a devastating impact on those sectors. Join us today to meet the person leading the effort to help them make a comeback and explain why older adults should come back too. Welcome to Aging Insights. I'm Dr. Kathy Rowe, Executive Director of New Jersey Advocates for Aging Well. And with us today is Lynn Toy, Executive Director of the New Jersey Arts and Culture Recovery Fund. So Lynn, thanks for joining us. And I wanna say since Lynn and I are both vaccinated, we are taking our masks off today. We appreciate that. So the arts sector in New Jersey has suffered tremendous losses during COVID, including some permanent closures. And of course, the threat of the pandemic resurgences are always looming over us. Can you give us an idea of how hard this sector was hit? Absolutely. Well, pre-COVID, arts, culture, history, that sector of the economy contributed close to $700 million. Wow. In terms of how it had an impact on our state's economy. Um, since the pandemic, right away, there was over $100 million in reduced revenue. Wow that hit the sector. And since then, we haven't had any updated statistics, but we know that at the end of December of 2021, when we thought it would all be behind right, us, right. just as they were getting back on their feet, again, they took a hit with the Omicron variant and continued revenue losses. So right now they're reeling in mm -hmm. terms of trying to get back safely and incurring additional costs while trying to do so. Okay. So tell us about the New Jersey Arts and Culture Recovery Fund. Where did the idea come from to start this? So pandemic relief was the urgent call mm -hmm. when we all were on pause in the middle of March of right. 2020. And as the months wore on, there was a group of people, a coalition of public and private funders, that felt it was very important to give special attention to our arts culture and historical sectors of the economy. Mm -hmm. And so with the generous support of major funders, state and local individuals, we were able to put together this fund specifically to address the needs of small arts and culture organizations, mm -hmm. $5 million and below, mm -hmm. so that they wouldn't be overlooked in terms of the p pandemic relief. Okay, okay. You've received a wonderful amount of financial support, um, including from some of New Jersey's most famous artists like Stephen Colbert and Jon Stewart. Why do you think that is? What's the appeal? Well, the early support was amazing. When we talked about rallying behind a sector of our economy that's probably going to be the last to recover, mm -hmm. people really understood the importance of being able to experience beauty and yeah. to be able to share in the arts and what an important aspect of quality of life it was for New Jersey. And so a group of private and public funders, including support from many foundations and lead support from many individuals, um, they all decided that they wanted to band together 
And in mm. our first year, we were able to raise just over $4 million. Wow, that's terrific. And grant it back to arts, culture, and historical organizations. That is terrific. So what are some of the ways that funding has helped these uh, venues already in the Garden State? So we have already distributed 169 grants. Wow. So 169 organizations um, of all sizes across arts, culture, history, museums in all 21 counties of the state, which is something we're very proud wow. of. Um, so the kinds of places would be your local historical society, mm -hmm. uh, a small arts center, um, places that provide arts education to children in schools, mm -hmm. or places that put on a music festival in the center of a town. Nice. So they're all really geared towards either centering their mission around arts, mm -hmm. around performances, around arts education, or mm -hmm. around the history sector. Great. So how is reopening going, and what percentage of the venues do you expect to be back open to the public this spring? Um, and what can we expect to see regarding changes with COVID safety protocols? Absolutely. So when the vaccine became available, I know across the state there was a huge sigh of relief mm -hmm. because at least we felt like there was some safety in place and a way to bring people back together. Um, certainly in the performing arts, mm -hmm. there was a lot of hesitancy about putting an audience indoors right. in seats. So a couple of wonderful things happened. One is that when it got warm and we could be back outside mm -hmm. in the summer of 2021, we were able to bring people together safely following CDC guidelines. Mm -hmm. And we were able to feel that performers, um, to feel that, that employees, to feel that places of business could safely reopen with the proper protocols in place. What we're seeing is that these small organizations have had to implement guidelines that follow the best of the science and the CDC, mm -hmm. as well as state, state protocols. Right. And so what we're seeing is um, mask mandates in certain places. Mm -hmm. We are seeing people checking vaccination to okay. have proof of vaccination. And we are seeing policies in place, not only to follow best practices, but also to give people a sense that it's safe to come back. That's a really good point. So people need to feel like it's safe to go out, for them to buy the ticket and make the plan to go out. Absolutely. So as we know, being in outdoor settings, it's, it greatly reduces the risk of COVID exposure and transmission, and it's a stay, safe way to participate in activities. What are some of the ways people can get outside and enjoy cultural events? You mentioned outdoor fairs, but what else can people do outside this year? So one place that people might not think about is our tremendous park system and how mm -hmm. many of our historic and heritage sites are connected to public parks or even national okay. parks. So I would highly recommend um, that people take advantage of out opportunities to be outdoors at some of our heritage sites, nice. not only as participants, but also as a place where they might volunteer and get involved as a way to stay active and as a way to really enjoy the outdoors. Okay, that sounds great. I think a lot of people don't consider historic sites as something that's arts and culture, something they can do. So that's a really great point. Um, why are arts and culture institutions important to older adults, do you think? You know, we know that attending live programs and visiting venues like museums and historic sites are fun and educational, but they help people connect. And we even know that it fights social isolation and art is therapeutic. So what is behind all the, these wonderful powers of art? Well, it's one of those things that in some t cases triggers great memories oh, for okay. people. Um, it is cross-generational mm -hmm. and it's really 
a common language where we can gather and either experience the beauty or the joy of music or a performance in a way that we can all share that experience okay. and translate that into um, a way to communicate or a jumping off point. Um, the other thing that's fantastic about the arts is their ability to create a community around the art itself. Mm -hmm. So what I would encourage for older adults, for, for some of the seniors in our community, is to seek opportunities to get involved with some of these organizations to become part of a group. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. Um, we know that the, the power of volunteerism is very important, and there are, there are a lot of opportunities for older adults to give back. Um, how can people find out about programs and events? What are some of the resources or websites they can go to to find out what's going on and what they should check out? Well, um, first, I would recommend that if they don't feel comfortable looking on a website, some mm. people say, I want to talk to a human, right. to pick up the phone <laughs> and call some of these places or go in person to experience and then to ask how they could use volunteers. Okay. Um, if we go back to some of our historical sites, for example, um, their business model relies very heavily on uh, community participation mm -hmm. and volunteerism because typically they don't have a very big staff. Okay. Those are places that um, allow for opportunities that might feel safe where you can work by yourself mm -hmm. doing transcription, for example. You okay. might have a chance to work with artifacts or with documents and Ooh. be able to transcribe so that it becomes something that is searchable. Um, many of these institutions and organizations still send paper mailings because mm -hmm. some people feel like if I can see it and touch it and read it, right. that's the way I want right, my right. information. So they are heavily reliant on volunteers to okay. assist with mailings. And the other way is being a docent or tour guide, which is a great learning opportunity. Okay. I've always wondered what a docent is exactly. Can you elaborate a little bit? Well, a docent program at a museum is um, a way to get involved so that you can be not only a tour guide, but mm -hmm. you can become an expert and be able to create a wonderful visitor experience. Oh, nice. So they are not only ambassadors for the museums and institutions, but they're also a, a way to be able to replicate the museum staff so that in small groups they can share the experience and the learning about the artifacts or oh, exhibits. That sounds wonderful. Can you tell us about ways older adults can enjoy and participate in the New Jersey art scene beyond attending? Sure. The learning opportunities, the workshops, okay. the lectures, and especially during COVID, the mm -hmm. ability to log in anywhere in the state to some of these sites that are offering fantastic, wonderful learning opportunities oh. is something that I would highly recommend. Okay. Um, there are lectures at all, you know, at midday. Mm -hmm. There are some lectures in the evening. Um, some of them are happening in person, but some of them happen in tandem. So you could also uh, participate from the comfort of your home. And then nice. also we're finding that many organizations are offering free or low cost workshops if you might want to learn a new skill. Maybe okay. you want to try basket weaving at um, Camden Fireworks down in Camden. Okay. Maybe you want to try a painting class at the Montclair Art Museum. Perhaps your local um, museum might offer an opportunity to pick up a pencil and sketch in a way you never have. Or maybe you want to learn how um, to do work on some acting or pick up an instrument. Oh, well, those are all great ideas. Um, so can you give us an example of 
some of New Jersey's age-friendly arts and cultural venues, ones that are maybe more targeted for older adults or people with accessibility issues? Absolutely. Um, as we look towards summer, mm -hmm. summer music festivals that are happening all over the state of New Jersey are a great way where it's low cost, mm -hmm. not only to go and attend, mm -hmm. but it's also a fantastic way to volunteer okay. and to be part of a wonderful scene. Um, there's the Riverview Jazz Festival in Jersey City. Um, the Asbury Park Music Foundation has Music Mondays. And many towns have these gatherings of outdoor music, and it's a great way to not only participate and enjoy the music, but mm -hmm. also to offer a volunteer opportunity. Okay, that's great. And what are some of the ways that people can learn more about what's happening where and when in New Jersey? So I would say um, websites are a fantastic place to begin. Right. Not only the websites of uh, the organizations themselves, but every county has either an arts alliance or an arts commission. Oh, okay. And I recommend that they go on to uh, their county website to okay. understand what's on the calendar and what's happening. I also highly recommend the New Jersey State Council of the Arts mm -hmm. for looking for opportunities for what's happening, who their grantees are, and all the arts activity happening around the state. Okay. So, you know, some people, especially older adults, might be feeling hesitant about getting back out there. It's been two years. We're not really used to it anymore. What, I, what has, are some ideas or suggestions you have for getting back out there? Well, something they should know is that these institutions and places of gathering have adapted to a whole new way of operating. Okay. Whereas before they might have held a workshop with 20 people in the room, mm -hmm. now we're finding there's half as many. Right. Whereas before you might have seen people sitting shoulder to shoulder in spaces, mm -hmm. now they've moved seats apart. So I think people should consider um, either calling ahead or asking about what kinds of COVID safety measures are in place. Mm -hmm. And many websites now have a tab, click here to understand not only our COVID policies, but what safety measures are in place. I know many organizations, even though they suffered terribly mm -hmm. in terms of revenue losses, made investments in their physical space, mm -hmm. adding new kinds of filters, adding the plastic guards to keep people right. safe, and changing their interiors to adapt to a whole new way of being. So I would encourage them um, to think about trying a part of New Jersey that they've never been to. Okay. Um, think about learning something new while we've all been isolated right. because those kinds of things, um, they keep you feeling youthful. Right, right. And they help you to be a lifelong learner. And lifelong learning is, is important. It's good for the body, it's good for the soul, it's good for the relationship. So that's Absolutely. a really, really important point. So can you tell us more about some of our historic sites and places in New Jersey? Yes, yeah, so as I was mentioning, they offer tremendous opportunities to be outside where you mm -hmm. can hike, bike, walk, canoe, horseback ride even wow. in some of these wonderful places. And some people may not realize that we have one of the very best uh, historic farms around. Really? Yes, absolutely. The Howell Living History Farm. I've it heard of it. It might not be a place that you would think of. But many of these places offer opportunities all four seasons of the year mm -hmm. for learning opportunities, but just to walk around, be in the outdoors, and feel like you have a bit of an escape. Oh. Did you know we also have some fantastic national sites? So in particular, um, perhaps a day at Jockey Hollow or at Washington's headquarters. Oh, Both really? are history-filled areas 
offering a tremendous amount of beauty. And for some of us who haven't mm -hmm. been able to take a vacation, but mm -hmm. feel like you need a day off and a day out, mm -hmm. you can plan a tremendous day of a real escape, especially if it's a place a little farther away from where you typically would spend right. your time. I only learned recently, because we saw Hamilton, that a huge part of the Revolutionary War happened in New Jersey, and we have sites for it. Didn't know that until my kids were singing the songs over and over and over again. Right. And then but it's right here. There. It is. And I was in a conversation this week with some people at the Princeton Historical Society, mm -hmm. and they offer once a year a guided tour of the cemetery there, and that is where Aaron Burr is buried. Oh, really? So they have seen a tremendous uptick since Hamilton of mm -hmm. people visiting <laughs> that site, not just for that, but, you know, there's a tremendous amount of history found in cemeteries. It might not be for everyone, right. but it certainly is a wonderful learning opportunity to see how many celebrated, wonderful people um, have lived and, and uh, are buried here in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Well, I say that all good people spend some time in New Jersey. There you go. <laughs> So what else, is there anything else you want to tell us about the arts and the comeback and what we can look forward to this year? Yes. Okay. In this moment, um, I, I know that arts, culture, and history organizations have prioritized access. Mm -hmm. If they can't make any money, at least let's get people to come. Okay. Right? And so through the generosity of these many foundations and uh, funders like the New Jersey Arts and Culture Recovery Fund, mm -hmm. we have helped them offset some of the costs of doing business in this new way. And mm -hmm. in turn, they have offered either low or no cost camp opportunities for children, for example, low or no cost um, audience participation opportunities, mm -hmm. performances, or free programming not okay. only on Zoom, but in person through a series of outdoor events. So what we're seeing here is the name of the game is Access. Mm -hmm. um, they really just want to share the information and the arts and to build community around them. Right. It sounds like there have been a lot of adaptations that will last beyond COVID and make it easier for people to attend going forward. Absolutely. And one of the things that we have found is that it brings you right into those places. Mm -hmm. And so if you're gonna have a guided tour, mm -hmm. you can feel like you're there through the magic of Zoom, mm -hmm. through the magic of your screen, and it really is a way for people not to feel so alone and not to feel so isolated. Okay. And maybe if people still aren't confident, they can check it out on the website or Zoom first and make a plan to go visit in person when they feel more comfortable and they're ready for it. Absolutely. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit more about the fund and what its goals are? Absolutely. The fund is hosted by the Princeton Area Community Foundation. Mm -hmm. So uh, they manage the back end of the fund, but we thought this would be a one year, let's get through this crisis and move on. Right. And what we have found is that the arts, culture, and historical sector continues to need financial support mm -hmm. as they continue to face challenges and even setbacks in okay. their recovery. So for example, um, the Omicron variant is something that we saw in December, but some of them were hit very hard by Hurricane Ida. Right. And so just as they're getting back on their feet, they're finding that they need to pivot, which is a word we keep hearing, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. readapt to a new normal. And that's trickling all the way back to the employment issues with right bringing people back and being able to pay them mm -hmm. either to come back to these organizations in their offices and administrative teams or the performers that bring us the wonderful arts performances. Okay. So this is much bigger than 
This is actually bigger than COVID. This is something that's gonna have larger impact and benefits for the arts community. Absolutely. So while we were able to give out two rounds of grant funding in 2021, mm -hmm. our grantees have told us that they continue to face some challenges based on all of the uncertainties, but also we wanna be able to reach individual artists. Perhaps okay. somebody who was able to teach 20 hours a week going into schools that now maybe only is able to teach three or four hours a week. Oh, I see. Um, it might be a touring musician who's had, you know, gig after gig canceled right. and no longer has a stable form of income. So we right now have another uh, grant round that we are looking to look at grant applications mm -hmm. and be able to um, give grants to re-granting intermediaries mm -hmm. so that they can distribute the funds to individuals across the state of New Jersey. And then for those who got a grant a year ago to mm -hmm. help with their general operating support, we hope to be able to raise additional funds and get additional support so we are able to grant additional grants um, for organizations toward the late spring or early summer. Okay. And what I guess this is making me realize is we're not, not just talking about the big venues, the big museums and the big performing arts centers. We're talking about local, smaller. It could be, a, you know, something that's open once a month as a historic site or a small performing arts site. Or like you said, the individual artists, which I never would have thought of before. But it's it really sounds like it's helping people at all levels and all sizes in the arts community. They're all part of this ecosystem mm -hmm. um, that is very fragile because as people are looking at what they're prioritizing in a crisis, you're not always thinking about the arts and the artists right. and right. The, the, the impact on their employment and how they're suffering in the midst of a crisis. Mm -hmm. So what we began to talk about with the fund is moving away from just recovery mm -hmm. and starting to think about sustainability, right. resiliency, and renewal. Mm -hmm. So as people are coming back, we're not just building back to the way we were, but we're trying to build back stronger and better and able to sustain should we face additional bumps in the mm -hmm. road. And also trying to make sure that we're centering organizations that might have other struggles they may be in underserved communities mm -hmm. where those people are struggling more than the average community in terms of um, meeting their basic needs. Mm -hmm. But also we are centering BIPOC-led, those that mm -hmm. are led by um, Black, Indigenous, or people of color, mm -hmm. so that they have a fair shake and access to support as well. And I also can see that with supporting the arts and, and growing the arts community, making it easier for people to come back, that helps so many other parts of our economy too. It helps the restaurants, the cafes, people going out for dinner or lunch, or even the gift shop. I think this can have repercussions and long-lasting effects to really helping the economy get back and get going. Absolutely. Um, the ripple effect of what has happened when the arts and culture sector mm -hmm. slowed down has seen our downtowns and our main streets yeah. and all the communities surrounding those organizations also suffer okay. as well. Well, thanks to you. We will all be getting out and getting back out there. Um, I really appreciate you coming in today and we appreciate the work that you are doing. This sounds like there are a lot of wonderful opportunities for people to get out and enjoy New Jersey. Um, and we really wanna encourage our older adults and our older residents to get out there, check things out, feel secure, um, and see what New Jersey has to offer this summer. And for those that are interested in learning more about the fund, um, the New Jersey Arts and Culture Recovery Fund is um, 
inviting supporters and donors who are interested in a fund that spreads resources across the state, mm -hmm. I invite them to look at our website. We have our website address here, mm -hmm. or also they can write directly to me. So my email is there, and um, I would encourage people to reach out directly. And any doors that you can open to uh, help us get continued support would be wonderfully appreciated. Okay, thank you. And I just want to um, point out, too, that we, we were so glad to hear about the New Jersey Cultural Access Network Project, which is providing services and programs to help theaters and cultural organizations make their facilities accessible to older adults and people with disabilities. Um, people can find events and the accommodations on their website at NewJerseyTheaterAlliance.org. It's a great resource for people to find out what is out there and how they can enjoy the arts community. And it's a very important form of equity mm -hmm. and access yes. to ensure that everyone is able to come back and has an equal opportunity to have access to these wonderful spaces mm -hmm. to be able to enjoy the arts like everyone else. Right. Well, Lynn, thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure to have you here with us today. And thank you all for watching this episode of Aging Insights, soon also to be a podcast. To find out more information and to view previous episodes, please visit our website at njaaw.org and click on Aging Insights. Aging Insights is brought to you with the support of the Wallerstein Foundation for Geriatric Life Improvement, our funders, supporters, and viewers like you. I want to thank our partners here at PCTV for helping us bring our guests to you today. And if you need information, resources about services in your area, please contact your county office on aging. Their phone number can be found on our website, or you can dial the state hotline at 877-222-3737. New Jersey Advocates for Aging Well wants to remind you to stay safe. We're still facing risks from COVID-19, and we urge you to stay vigilant, safe, and healthy. Thank you, and be sure to tune in next time.